Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Laguna Honda Hospital and Rehabilitation Center is a San Francisco institution. It served people with complex medical needs for more than 150 years. It once predominantly served older people with dementia, but the patient population has changed over the years. Now it's largely made up of younger people with addictions or mental health issues. And it plays an important role in San Francisco's healthcare system. It has 700 critically needed beds, and the hospital provides personalized, round-the-clock care, as well as social activities for the people who need it. But for years, Laguna Honda has had a history of mismanagement and scandal. Back in 2019, an investigation found cases of patient abuse. The misconduct we discovered included sexualized conversations with residents, verbal and physical abuse, neglect, privacy violations, medication errors, and the administration of non-prescribed substances to some residents in an attempt to pacify them. Then in July 2021, Laguna Honda came under fire when two patients overdosed at the facility. Along with other findings, that prompted federal regulators to threaten to pull critical funding from the hospital. So the nursing facility drew up plans to shut down and move patients to other treatment centers. In April, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services decertified Laguna Honda after inspectors deemed it in a state of substandard care. And now patients are being transferred from the hospital as part of a federally mandated closure plan. As of last week, federal officials agreed to pause the transfers after a number of patients died. But the long-term outlook of the hospital remains uncertain. San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight calls this kind of bureaucracy and the potential permanent closure of Laguna Honda draconian. In her latest piece, Heather spoke to a sister of a longtime patient. Lori Clark says the hospital's issues can be fixed and that closing a facility with 700 beds and specialized care should not be an option. It would be very difficult because he needs the highest level of care. It has to be a facility that takes Medicare. And I believe there's fewer of those because a lot of them are turning into for-profit. But mainly, it's just the level of care. I just can't imagine what he receives at Laguna Honda could be replicated anywhere else. I mean, I could be wrong, but I haven't come across it yet anywhere in the Bay Area. Heather Knight joins me now to talk about why it's important to keep Laguna Honda open and what health experts and family members are advocating for now. Heather, former co-host of Fifth Emission, great to have you back. Thanks for having me. So, Heather, before we dive into the issues at Laguna Honda, tell me more about the people who receive care at the hospital. What kind of demographic does it serve and what kinds of medical needs is it addressed? Well, Laguna Honda has existed for more than 150 years. It's um, one of the last almshouses in the country. It's a huge nonprofit a nursing home run by the city and county of San Francisco, and it treats people who need long-term care. Many people are discharged, say, from um, SF General Hospital, 
where they got their acute care, but they're not ready to be moved home. Um, they need further rehabilitation or um, other help. And so they go to Laguna Honda. It serves a lot of elderly people. It serves people with dementia. It serves people who've been in accidents and need help um, with rehabilitation and relearning how to do daily functions like use the bathroom or cook meals. Um, it it helps a lot of people with disabilities and uh, more recently has also served people with mental illnesses and drug addictions. So it's a real big mix of people. Mm -hmm. And you spoke to one of the patients there for your most recent column, a 65-year-old man named Billy Stack. Tell me about him. He is the longest-term patient at Laguna Honda. In a couple of weeks, it'll mark 44 years that he's lived at this hospital. And he um, was sent there because he was in a very bad motorcycle crash when he was 21, and he um, was partially paralyzed and has traumatic brain injuries. And his sister reached out to me and said, I'd really like you to meet my brother Billy and talk to my family and understand why it's so important that this hospital remain open for people like him. Why did Billy's story catch your attention? He's um, known as the mayor of Laguna Honda because he's been there for so long. And he is greeted anywhere you go. Everybody knows him. Hey, Billy, what's up, man? And my favorite <laughs> little anecdote about him was that um, he loves going fast. And he's always loved hot rods and motorcycles. And he was famous for setting his electric wheelchair on its highest speed and kind of careening around the hallways and even nicked the corners of the walls a few times. And so <laughs> the nurses... Um, now require him to keep it on the very slowest setting. So when he and his sister saw each other, when I was with her from opposite ends of the hallway, she was like stretched out her arms and was hustling towards him. And he looked so excited and like moved his electric wheelchair, but it was so <laughs> slow. So slow. <laughs> <laughs> but he's um, he's known for his one-liners and jokes and being very upbeat. When I asked him if he knew much about what was going on, he struggles to speak, but he did say he knows a little bit, and he's just trying to live with it. So what's going on is that Billy and other patients face the potential permanent closure of Laguna Honda because regulators have deemed their care to be substandard. You spoke to Billy's sister, Lori Clark, for your column. And while she acknowledges those concerns, she says that hasn't been her family's experience. Let's hear what she has to say. Our family feels so fortunate about the level of care he has received. We feel that it's, it's stellar. It is excellent. There's so many things that Laguna Honda is able to do for the residents there. There is physical therapy. There is a wheelchair clinic to repair wheelchairs. There's activity directors. It's very personalized. It's very individualized from the way that they dress him, the hygiene, you know, when, when we see him, he looks great. He's dressed beautifully, meticulously. But Heather, even with Billy and his family's experience, a lot of concerns have been raised about the care at Laguna Honda. There have been illicit drugs and paraphernalia found there. There have been reports of patient abuse in the past, some staff hygiene issues. Drug overdoses have even happened at the facility. That's all led to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, a federal agency decertifying the hospital. What does that mean? It means this agency won't pay for Medicare or Medi-Cal patients anymore, which is how the hospital makes a lot of its money and can afford to care for these patients. So without the federal dollars coming in, the hospital can't afford to stay open. And so it's in this really tricky position of trying to get recertified, which is still possible, while also planning to close at the same time. So, you know, trying to fix all of its issues, find new homes for patients, and um, 
and also plan to close all at once is proving a lot. So as you're describing it, Laguna Honda made plans to shut down and move patients to other facilities in order to sustain federal funds that they need in order to stay open. But despite all the issues Laguna Honda has had, both public health officials and political leaders on the local and state level have fought really hard to keep it open. Why? This is really a -a one-of-a-kind facility. It's really unique in that it provides long-term, slow care. We associate healthcare these days with so many forms. And, um, you know, anytime you go to the hospital, you feel like they just want to get you back out again. Um, You know, everything is fast, 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 and let's fix this and get them out. That's kind of the MO at many hospitals now. But Laguna Honda is really different. I mean, look at Billy, who's lived there for 44 years, and nobody's saying he shouldn't live there. If somebody needs their care, they just provide it. And the city is arguing that it's much easier said than done to turn these 700 people with really unique needs out when we already know there's far too few treatment beds and other facilities to take people. Um, Mm -hmm. They uh, paused transfers and discharges last week after the federal and state government agreed to that at least, but it's a temporary pause and nobody knows how long that'll last. Before that, they had transferred or discharged 57 people, some even to homeless shelters. So the city is saying, why is it better to send patients in need of a lot of care to homeless shelters than it is to just fix the problems and allow people to continue getting care at Laguna Honda? Let's back up. As part of the effort to regain its recertification, Laguna Honda started transferring patients out of the facility. You mentioned that the federal government agreed to pause the transfers temporarily because there have been some issues. Tell me about the transfer process. It's been a big mess, right? Yes, a big mess. So um, with the hospital trying to juggle all of these balls at once, one of the parts of planning to close was finding new places for these 700 people to go. And they'd already begun that process in the summer. And before this temporary pause, 57 had been transferred or discharged. And we know for sure that at least four of those patients died shortly after being transferred. Doctors have told me that Pretty much the worst thing you can do with an elderly patient with dementia is change their daily routine. It's called uh, transfer trauma, and it's very common that if people are moved, even an ambulance ride can kill them. So we've heard that it may be as many as seven patients who've actually died, although we confirmed only four. And interestingly, nobody seems to be keeping track. Laguna Honda only found out about the deaths because family members called to tell them what had happened and nobody at the state or federal government seems to be tracking or releasing this official information. More with Heather Knight after a quick break. What will happen to patients like Billy Stack? And what does Heather think is a solution to improving care at Laguna Honda that doesn't include permanent closure? We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Heather, in your latest column, you argue that the federal bureaucracy, which you described before the break, is interfering with really critical care for patients like Billy Stack. What are families saying? They feel really caught, too, because they were told during the summer that they're Um, Family members needed to find new homes, and so many of them were scrambling. It's not like nursing homes are plentiful. It's very hard to find places 
they'd even have openings. And so a lot of uh, families have been debating, do we rush and find something immediately? Do we wait, see how this all plays out? But then there might be even fewer options if the hospital does close. So I've been spending time with Billy Stack's sister, Lori Clark, and she said that she and her mother, who's in her 90s and very, very ill, are just beside themselves, you know, not knowing what's going to happen to Billy and where would be the best place for him to go. You know what? When all this happens, what I, I worry about Billy, but I worry about my mother. So she's 89 and in failing health. And it's very upsetting that as she's getting towards the end of her life, that she has to be worried what's going to happen to her son. That was one silver lining with all the tragedy for Billy's motorcycle accident and him being in Laguna Honda all these years. We knew he had a great level of care and that my mom could rest assured when she was gone, he would be taken care of. And so that is up in the air now. So the, the toll that's taken on her is just hard to put into words. It's, it's been devastating for my mother. Have state and federal officials properly responded to these kinds of concerns that you're raising from families like Lori Clark? Not in my opinion. This seems like the one time when having so many high-placed San Franciscans in state and federal government should help. I mean, it seems like you should just be able to call, (laughs) I don't know, Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris or somebody and get this fixed. But Lori Clark has called everybody she can think of. I can rattle off the names of all the people I've reached out to from Nancy Pelosi's office, Diane Feinstein, Senator Padilla, and uh, the one response that I got back, which was so positive, was London Breed's office. I sent an email, and I would say within 20 minutes, her chief of staff called me back. And I actually started to get choked up, and I told him so, because it was so, after all the time of the the emails, the phone calls, and to have someone reach out. We had a lengthy conversation. It was sincere and genuine from her office. I know that the mayor's office is also really frustrated because it is taking up a lot of time and energy to try to help the public health department deal with this gigantic problem that's fallen into their laps that they don't even think they should have to deal with in the first place. So Mm -hmm. um, it's really causing stress at City Hall and nobody in state or federal government seems to be coming to the rescue. So, Heather, your piece also points out that many of the problems at Laguna Honda are fixable and common in other facilities and that closing a nursing home should be a last resort. Is it clear at this point why Laguna Honda is under particular scrutiny? No. Um, All the experts we've talked to, I talked to a nursing home advocate who monitors nursing homes all over California. They're all befuddled. They don't understand why all this scrutiny has fallen on Laguna Honda, um, especially compared with other facilities, which, you know, as we've been following, have had major COVID outbreaks. You know, a lot of elderly people at nursing homes died during the pandemic and Laguna Honda did much better than most. And so they just don't understand why These problems, many of which they've already worked to begin fixing and are committed to resolving, are, you know, worthy of shutting down this really important 150-year-long institution that 700 patients rely on. So then what's the alternative here? You, for your piece, spoke to concerned families, health advocates, and other community members. What would be the best course of action to address the problems at Laguna Honda, but also continue its critical care for patients like Billy Stack? 
I believe that the federal government should pledge to continue federal funding while the hospital seeks its recertification. Um, I believe that the CEO of Laguna Honda, Roland Pickens, as well as supervisors and the mayor are all committed to resolving the problems that do exist, but they need the money to keep coming in for the patients while they're doing that work. Um, I think that they should rescind the hospital's relocation plan, meaning we're not talking about closing it, we're talking about fixing it. Halt transfers permanently rather than this vague, for a while nobody will get transferred language, and then allow residents who've had to move out already move back if they want to. If you have your family member transferred and then Laguna Honda does get recertified, we were told there is no promise they can go back. And that just doesn't seem possible. And so I just felt like I was almost going to dig my heels in and say, we don't want to transfer them. And if we have to, we'll do an appeal. It's doable. It's fixable. It's so draconian to close it, to threaten to close it, to have vulnerable people, this vulnerable population, whether it's Alzheimer's, people who may not have an advocate like my brother does. It's, it's very, very upsetting. But I feel like the people who run these agencies they're the ones who need to come up with the plan and figure it out because that's what they get paid to do. This is a crisis and it can be solved. Of course, it can be solved. So it seems like the long term outlook for Laguna Honda is very uncertain. If eventually the hospital is shut down and isn't recertified, which is critical for that federal funding, what would patients and their families face? What's at stake here? Well, there just aren't nearly enough beds, um, nursing home beds in general, especially that offer so much unique care like Laguna Honda does. So um, that's a big question mark. There aren't enough beds to take everybody. It's almost certain people would have to leave the Bay Area or even California to find places to go. Some will be released um, just discharged without a bed elsewhere, so they could be sent back to the streets. Uh, we already know that some people who've left have gone to homeless shelters, so um, that will probably continue. Hmm. Heather, a really important story. I appreciate your perspective. Thanks for sharing it with me. Thank you. Heather Knight is a columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle. She's also the co-host of the Chronicle podcast, Total SF, which you can find wherever you listen to Fit the Mission. Her latest column about Laguna Honda is at sfchronicle.com and the Chronicle app. Special thanks to Lori Clark for being on the show. Thanks to King Kaufman for the edits and to you for listening.